Hello, everyone. This is Michelle Labus. I'm the editor of The Herald at National University. And welcome to our first podcast of Wine, Women, and Words. Uh, this is a podcast created to talk about two of the things I love most in this world, books and wine. And with me tonight is my wonderful friend and fellow wine lover and book lover, Diana Tierney. Hello. Hello. So Diana is a blogger in her own right, and she has a blog entitled Creating Her Story. And uh, Diana, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about that. Creating Her Story is about historical fiction, and it's women-centric fiction and history. In Creating Her Story, we do book reviews, and I do bios of various women based on the books that I've read. And who has been the uh, most interesting or the most surprising person that you've written about? Oh, gosh. Um, There's been so many. It's been such a great journey learning about so many different women. I think my favorite so far has been Nellie Bay. She was a reporter who, um, she got her start back when it wasn't cool for women to be journalists, when it was a man's job only. She went, she, but she was great. She went undercover in a, um, what was it? And I want to, it wasn't in the San Salon, but it was a uh, hospital, a very, um, like a long-term care kind of hospital. And she exposed all the, Um, horrible things that were happening she caused based on that they um they did a um sorry they uh created legislation for uh the people uh for the hospitals that we have that we still have today and she then she went around the world and she figured if uh they could do it in 80 days she could get it done for in less time and it was just Great. She's a cool, very interesting, cool woman. Hmm. Well, we will include a link to Diana's blog if you would like to read more about any of her, her subjects or her reviews. And uh, also for any potential writers out there, if you're interested in writing for the Herald, you don't have to be a journalism major at National. All you have to do is love writing and have some ideas floating around. And uh, you can reach out to me. I'll include all of my contact information. And we can get started. So we would love to hear from you. Now, since this is our first uh, podcast for Wine, Women, and Words, we wanted to give you an idea of what the blog was about. Or the, I'm sorry, the podcast is about. It's not just drinking wine. But that does play a role. (laughs) That's it. I quit. You brought me here under false pretenses. <laughs> so uh, we basically, well, why don't you tell us about it, Diana? Oh, well, we will be um, discussing books. We only have a book of the month every month, and we will um, also be having specific topics that we'll be discussing. Like tonight's topic is our favorite thing, so that you all can get to know us a little bit more. And then next week we'll have another topic, which I believe is um, – Bold, interesting women in literature. I think so. Something along those lines. Yes, interesting, interesting women and bold people. I I don't know. I have to double check, <laughs> but it sounds good. <laughs> and so, and we'll have, and we'll be discussing those books based on that topic. And of course, other people like to pair their wine with their food, but we pair our wine with our books. So every every wine will have a book to go with it. And vice versa. And every book will have a wine. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> so, and also, um, don't feel like this is just something to watch or to listen to. If you have a book that you want to include or if you want to join us on a podcast, uh, you can certainly do so. And we are both very active on Twitter. We'll include our Twitter handles and you can... Use the hashtag WineWomenWords to follow along as we uh, read the book. We'll actually be breaking down the book of the month into chapters for each week. Um, And 
each subsequent show, we'll talk about what we've read so far. So, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said, yep, I was agreeing with you. So this month, our very first book is The Portable Veblen by Elizabeth McKenzie. And um, I have actually am really enjoying it. I have found uh, some time to read, shocking, um, when the two little ones uh, were playing quietly and not trying to kill each other. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, so, I, you, I would think you had all this free time on your hands. I know. I, you know, when I thought, oh, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I can read all these books and do all this <laughs> stuff. It'll be awesome. And and I just look at the books that I want to read and say, oh, I'll get to you someday. <laughs> but um, this book, now, I, I want you to give the synopsis, Diana, because you did such a good time, good job last time. <laughs> Well, basically, with the book, we have Bedlin and we have Paul, and they are on the verge of getting married, and they have two crazy families, the both of them, and they're on the brink of getting started in life, having this great life together, but everything seems to get in the way, and on top of that, there is a squirrel that talks to Bedlin. <laughs> there's a squirrel. Yes, there's a squirrel, and the squirrel is wonderful, and I will never look at the squirrels that annoy my dogs in the same way in the backyard ever again. <laughs> Does the squirrel ever have a name? Have you gotten far enough to find out if he has a name? No. No, I'm only on Chapter 7, and he doesn't have a name so far. I feel like but we should needs a name. <laughs> He's too smart for a name. That's true. He is very uncanny. Um <laughs> But it's a very it's a very quirky read, and it kind of sucks you in right away. I, I really am enjoying the way that the author has done the dialogues. And um, Diana, you'd mentioned that you're on the fence about Paul, whether you like him or not. I was, and I'm now. Like I said, I'm on chapter seven, and I like him more now. Oh, okay. Because I'm at the point. I'm on chapter three now, and. I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know about this guy. Like, <laughs> marry him. He he won me over. He's he's a good guy. He has you find out more about his history and his background and why he is the way he is. And I can relate to some of that where he's wanting to become better than what he once was. Mm -hmm. And with doing that, you see that he's trying to he's got his ideals and then his ideals clash with what veblen is which is that free spirit that we all want to be and all think that we are in some ways or in other as though and some of us think we're crazy enough where i will i will admit i will talk to my dogs i will have thorough conversations with them but they don't talk back to me so i'm not quite at veblen stage yet well, when you are, you put down the wine and you walk away. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's when you had too much. <laughs> but Paul, it kind of, he grows on you as, okay. as it goes on, as you see his background and as you see how he interacts with the mother. We just had the meeting between um, the mother and Paul in the last few chapters that I had and I don't know how anybody can stand that woman. <laughs> and he handles her with such grace that he wins me over. Hmm. Interesting. Well, um, like I said, we'll be breaking down the, cha the chapters into blocks for each week. The first week is going to be chapters one through seven. So Diana uh -huh. has clearly already hit that landmark. I am halfway through chapter seven, so I'm also a very fast reader. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Michelle has <laughs> Michelle and I used to work together way back in the day, and we were in cubicles next to each other, and we would share books as people are wont to do, or at least as bookworms are wont to do when we don't want to work. And she handed me a book one day. Was uh, was it um, Sundays at Tiffany's? Oh, it was one of my first books. Oh, yes. 
And I, she gave, handed it to me at 8 o'clock in the morning when I walked in the door, and I handed it back to her at 4 o'clock when she was walking out the door because I had finished it Yeah. within that one day. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, I handed it back to her and said, next, please. So I'm just, I'm a fast reader, and that's, that's what I do. I read like three or four books at a time because I'm such a fast reader. It, it makes me slow down and actually read more details. It's like a normal person. I remember when I could do like maybe a book a week. <laughs> but now it's like, hmm, when did I check out that library book? I'm pretty sure it was due like two weeks ago, and I still haven't even opened it. So. <laughs> Mine gives me lovely reminder emails and texts to the point where I cannot forget it. Because they will continue to harass me like an ex-girlfriend if I, if I don't bring it back. So. <laughs> so that I have no excuse with my library. No excuse at all. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I have, I think I'm good right now. I think the only books that I've checked out are kid books. And mm. I tend to not hang on to those for too long. Because you, you can only read Goodnight Moon so many times before you just want the stupid moon to go to sleep. <laughs> so moving on to tonight's topic it is our favorite things um, yes. not just in general but specifically our favorite literary we have our favorite authors and we have our favorite books and we have our favorite uh, genres so, and plus our, you know, our favorite wines. And, oh, before we move on to that, we keep forgetting our wines. And we have to talk about our wines for the night. Oh, yes. I like your story. You go first. <laughs> okay. Well, I went with a lovely Riesling. I went with Cupcake Riesling here, which is great. It was only $8.99 at uh, Total Line and more, which makes it even better. And I went with the Riesling because, you know, I'm walking through uh, total wine and wine. I'm thinking with my basket in hand, what kind of wine would a squirrel like? And that is a question I have never asked myself before. And I don't think I will ever ask myself that again. And I decided to go with the Riesling because you want, I wanted something that didn't have a lot of tannins. Um, because in the, I want to say it was the first or the second chapter where the squirrel is pulling out, he had his uh, acorn buried under the snow and so that he can, so that the tannins wouldn't be there. He didn't like a lot of tannins in his food. So because he didn't like a lot of tannin, tannins in his food, I went with a wine that didn't have any tannins. Okay, now I'll be honest. I love wine, and I know that tannins are in red wine, but I don't actually know what a tannin is. Oh, so we get to have science time with Diana? <laughs> science time with Diana. Okay, kids, gather around. Yeah. <laughs> So, tannins are like the force when it comes to food. Oh, okay. Tannins are, yeah, they're kind of like in everything. Like, they give you the color, the color that's in the red red grapes. Those are going to have a lot of tannins. Mm. Um, the tea leaves in your tea, those have tannins. Um, berries will have tannins. The, that kind of thing. So the, I kind of think of it like the force. I'm a Star Wars nerd, too, so I apologize in advance. And so that's why, so like your red wine, that has a lot of tannins. Our squirrel wouldn't like your wine. Even though you like your wine, our squirrel wouldn't like your wine. I'm just squirrel saying. judges me. <laughs> so I have picked, I don't have the bottle with me because I wanted to, you know, one glass. But uh, I picked the cupcake wine, or not, no, you picked the cupcake wine. I picked the layer cake wine. Um, which is another great choice. Yes. You can't go wrong with layer cake. And I bought it the first time because I honestly thought it would taste like chocolate cake and it does not, but it's still very good. And it's just, it's a good memory wine. I have a lot of fond memories of wine nights with layer cake. Not that, you know, I'm a raging alcoholic, because I'm not. Yeah. Alcoholics go to meetings. We don't have meetings. <laughs> we, we have podcasts. 
It's totally different. <laughs> yes. But that is my favorite wine. Now, we will have a different wine next week. And uh-huh. that will be in uh, paired with the theme of the day, which will not be the which, book. It'll be the actual yeah, topic. Yeah, we're going to go with bolds, a bold wine. We're going to have bold women in books, and we're going to have our bold wines. Yes. Oh, I like that for our topic next week. Bold <laughs> women. That's going to give us a lot of characters to play with. I already have a list of a few characters going on in my head, so I'm going to have to write those down before I forget them. Yes, after the end of this, I'm going to have to write down a few as well. But uh, Claire is, uh, I think, probably number one. Yeah, but let's save that right. for next week. But we'll week. save that for next week. Yes, spoilers. <laughs> yes, we don't want those. I, I'm in the Doctor Who face because I'm wearing a Doctor Who shirt. I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's the telephone booth. Yes, it's called the TARDIS, honey. I I tried to watch Doctor <laughs> Who, and maybe I need to start with a more uh, modern Doctor because I just – not modern, but I don't know. the the. Did you start with the new series? No, I started like – literally season one episode one like that's the thing if you're okay if you're new coming into doctor who you have to go with i would say start with the new series because that's what i did okay because there's so much of the old series with episode one the very very first doctor you would i think you really would love it it doesn't get too science fictiony but it's it's good it's a good show and start with the new season okay. this new series I mean, they yeah. had, like, a thing of skin stretched across a thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She was weird. That's not the first. Yeah, well, that is weird. You stick with it. That first season's a little bumpy. Wait until you get to the next season, and then you get David Tennant, who is just magnificent in every way, shape, or form. And then you that's something a lot of more people end up falling in love with the show. But stick with it through that first season and then carry on. Because oh. I think you would love Rose. I'll try. Try again. Yes. So, now that we've done our wine pairing and gone on this total de- tangent on Doctor Who. That will probably happen a lot. lot so, <laughs> bear with us. Yes. Um, our favorite books. So, um... Me first. Okay. You first. Okay, you go first. So... The number one favorite book of mine, although I know I mentioned this previously, but I read something somewhere that asking a book nerd or bookworm, I guess, to pick their favorite book is like asking a parent to pick their favorite child. And uh, for the record, I do not have a favorite child. So they're teenagers. You are both 16 and swear that I love one of you more than the other. Just search for this blog and you will see it recorded for history that I do not have a favorite. Don't believe her. Do not believe her, kids. (laughs) She likes the one who gives her the less grief. The one who gives her the less grief is her most favorite. True. (laughs) Stop thinking that you're being sneaky because everything that you're trying in high school right now, I did and I probably... Did not get away with it either. <laughs> but anyway, um, my favorite book is The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Um, that is actually what sparked my obsession with art history and um, all things conspiracy theory related, although I'm not, not one of those conspiracy theorists that think, you know, conspiracy theory stuff (laughs) but um I really got into art history after that and if I showed you the copy of my book you would see the tabs sticking out from all the passages that I highlighted and took notes on and totally destroyed a beautiful copy of the illustrated edition but I thought it was necessary supposed to be used and loved and worn and yeah, well, By the and way, those of you who are watching, if you hear random tingling, I have a puppy that is running around all over me, and this is her. That's Lilo. She so that's random tingling. Ever. Huh? 
She is just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yes, she is. Until she's tearing shit up and pooping where she's not supposed to. That's just what puppies do. Yes, that is true. How old is she now? Six months. Okay. Has she started like chewing on shoes? No, thank God. Oh, good. She has a sense about her. No shoes. Um, we, I give her bones. I give her plenty, plenty of bones so that she doesn't feel the need to chew on anything else, like my furniture or my shoes. It's that survival instinct. She knows. Yes. Oh. Yes, she knows. She's my dog. <laughs> um, so, your favorite books besides the, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Just um, the ones for you and I will actually vary because I absolutely hate Dan Brown. I love him. Well, actually... Um, he has one, two, three, four, four books out, I, four or five, five, um, three of them have Robert Langdon and I tend to be very loyal to characters in series. So whenever a Robert Langdon book comes out, I'm all over that. I wasn't really fond of his other books that don't have Robert Langdon but I think maybe that's just me being snobby. Um, but they, I just saw a preview for the movie that they are making out of Inferno, his newest book with Robert Langdon in it. And oh my God, it looks amazing. Very excited for that. Um, but moving on, I do also love uh, Something Borrowed by Emily Giffen which was also made into a movie and they did a really good job with the movie. But what I love about Emily Giffen books is, well, the first thing that I think is a fun little thing that she does is each book has a cameo by a previous character in a past book. So it could be someone totally random, like the best friend in one book can suddenly show up and be like the sister-in-law of the main character and it's just kind of like running into an old friend and being like, oh, hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. So it's fun to like get that peek into the character's life and see what's happened to them after the book ended. Because as you know, book hangovers, they're awful when yeah. you want to know what happens after that and you can't. Yes. Yes, I have had some incredible book hangovers. Uh, the Thinking Woman's Guide to Practical Magic. Oh my God! Can they please make oh, another the book? book? Thank God, there is. Yes. Is it out? No, not yet. Oh my gosh! But I yeah, the way that one ended, it was just like, wait, wait, no, no. It was like when the lover climaxes before you're ready and they're done, and you're just like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> That is your Everyone listening is 18 and over, right? Well, hell, if they don't learn it from me, they're going to learn it from school. That's true. Yes. Oh, that was that was such a bad... I mean, it was a good ending, but it was bad because I was reading it on a Kindle. So I had no way to prepare mentally for the end of the book. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I swiped and there was nothing left. It was just I hate that with some of my ebooks because I'm one of those people I like my page numbers. Mm -hmm. And so many of the ebooks have percentages. I know that means nothing for me. I hate doing that. I prefer my page numbers. I'm like, how many pages equal a percent? Like can we figure that out so I have an idea? Yeah, right. But anyway, I digress. Well you tell me some of your favorite books because Okay, well, First off, you have read anything pretty much for you by Dan, about by Dan Brown or your two. Me, it's anything by Neil Gaiman. The man can write the ingredients to a shampoo bottle, and I would think it's the best thing ever. I absolutely love all of his books. Uh, my favorites, though, are American Gods. That is his masterpiece. It's also going to be a series on stars, so it's going to premiere this fall, so I recommend reading it now if you haven't done so. It's a fantastic story. And then um, another great one of his is Neverwhere, Think Demented, Alice in Wonderland, reversed as well, where Alice is a dude as opposed to a chick. 
and um, light, or is it ocean at the end of the lane? It's more, it's like in between a novel and a novella, and it's just, it captures those scary stories from when you were a kid, those like creepy stories from when you were a kid, but his stories are all like that where he just captures that magic of sitting down for story time for the first time as a kid, and it's just, it's his books are magical. His words are magical. <laughs> Neil, you're just so magical. We love you. He is. He is. I. That's one of those authors that I would fangirl all over if I had the opportunity to. <laughs> Hence why I've not actually met him face-to-face -face yet. Well, we could probably... Another book... Sorry. Oh. I was going to say, we could probably go to a book signing. I mean, if you think you can handle I yourself. Actually, he does. He's so popular now, and I got to do this. I was so excited that I got to do this in November, is that he did a um, book reading in Long Beach. Oh, and at the nice. time, yes. And he just filled up an auditorium at the Long Beach um, College there, and... I didn't have the money at the time to go because my husband was unemployed, but a friend of mine got better tickets from her friend and they, um, they were able, she gave me her tickets. That was nice. And yes. So I got to go and he signed ahead of time and Ryan was awesome enough to leave because he went with me because I had two tickets and he, he stepped out early, so I can continue to listen, but I was able to get one of his signed books, so that is very cool. That's um, awesome. Yes. Another book that I absolutely love, which I think I'm going to have to make the executive decision that it's going to have to be our book for the month of July since Michelle already has it, Oh, and she absolutely needs to read it. Oh, I know which one this is. Oh, I know which one this is. <laughs> yes, All the Light We Cannot See. It is a beautiful book. It's right there. Oh, well, grab it and show the show our audience. I took the, the Landon tried to eat the cover, so I took the jacket off. <laughs> it is a beautiful book. Think of your most favorite dessert, which I know for Michelle is anything that involves chocolate and chocolate on top of chocolate. Mm -hmm. And picture that, and that is this book. That every word is placed specifically with care and it's so well written it's a Pulitzer Prize winner as well and it deservedly so it is so good and another one of my favorites is a visit from the Boone Squad which another Pulitzer Prize winner are we mentioned yes am I one of my life goals is to read them all and this one is a story where Every chapter is like a short story within a grander story, and each chapter relates to a previous chapter. I love to the it. point, yes, and it's great because, like, at the last end of the chapter, end of the book, I mean, the last chapter relates all the way back to the first chapter. It's that great. I love it. I love it. Everything like ties Everything together. Ties together. Mm -hmm. And then a mutual favorite book of Michelle and mine is Outlander. Oh yes. <laughs> and that's where when we were talking about Claire earlier, that's where Claire comes from is Outlander. Yes, that series is amazing. And if you haven't started reading it, be prepared to dedicate a good chunk of time because it's a seven book series. Eight. Eight. Eight book series. Each book at least eight hundred pages at least. I'm on number three. Mm. So but it's amazing, and it's yes. also a series on stars, mm -hmm. and it's on season two. And sorry, guys, I just can't get comfortable. <laughs> well, I just silly me. I just realized that I had my um, I got the ten percent warning on my on my laptop. Oh dear! So I might have to run downstairs and grab my cord. So. If you want to talk about uh, one of your favorite books and a little bit more about Outlander, okay. I could be back in about 30 seconds. Okay. All right, time to go. Sorry. Okay. So, well, let me tell you a little bit about Outlander. Um, basically, it is set uh, in Scotland just after the end of World War II, 
and a um, married couple, husband and wife, have decided to, um, they're from England, they decided to go to Scotland um, as kind of a second honeymoon. They were separated for years because of the war. She was a nurse and he worked in intelligence. So they've been married for, I think, maybe like nine years and they'd seen each other twice in the past five. So they really just wanted to reconnect and get to know each other. And while they're in Scotland, you're back. 30 seconds. So while... They're in Scotland. She goes to a Stonehenge-like structure and uh, falls through time. And she ends up still in Scotland, but in the 1500s. 1500s, right? Um, I want to say it was the 1700s. Damn it. Anyway, travels <laughs> back in time, right before the revolution. and Scottish Rebellion. A Scottish Rebellion. It's not a revolution because they don't win. Okay. So it's a rebellion. Um, And it's just her story of how she gets caught up in all the politics and the drama of this one clan that take her in um, first as a spy, as a suspected spy. So they don't want this English woman running back and telling the you know, English officers, what they're up to. But then later as a friend and she ends up marrying one of them. And it's, just, it's a very good story. The books are very long. And the second one in particular was really hard for me to get through. Um, but it's, it's, it's really hard for a lot of people. Uh, um, it dealt a lot with the French politics. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard for so many people to get through. And that's one of the great things about Diana Gabaldon and one of the not-so-great things about Diana is because she researches everything to death. She is one of, that's one of the things I love about her, especially as a historical fiction writer like myself, and I look up to her for that. It's because she's so well-researched, but she puts everything she researches into her book. Mm-hmm. And so it makes things hard sometimes to read, and it makes for thick books. And I have to say, though, that book plays very well to television. The second book, it makes for a great series. I haven't even started the second series on Stars yet. <laughs> the first season was amazing, and they have cast that. If If we had taken our dream cast for Outlander, mm-hmm. it would have been these people. Even, oh, better. Better than my Dreamcast. Yeah, because I don't think I even knew either, any anyone actually, any of the actors in this series I had never heard of. Apparently no. Jamie was from something else, but huh. I never knew that. But it's amazing. Yes. So. So, now that we talked about our favorite books at length, <laughs> <laughs> we could go on. You can, we can move on to our genres, what we usually end up reading. Um, for me, obviously, I also, because I write a historical fiction blog, and I'm actually writing historical fiction, you can tell I kind of have a tendency to like to read historical fiction. Yes. So that's one of my favorites. I love, I don't really know what the name of the genre would be, but... Da Vinci Code-esque books. Um, I really enjoy books that involve discovering ancient texts or art or something, and all of a sudden it sheds new light on what we thought was fact, and now it's not, and then there's the conspiracy to cover it up. So I guess you would qualify them as thrillers. If you I'm going to be reviewing a book in June, June either this month. I'm, I keep saying June, June, you know, I don't know exactly which month I'm going to do it, but it's going to be up your alley. It's uh, the Semper Sonnet, and oh, it's yeah. about an uncovered William Shakespeare poem, and we might have to do that for our book of the month. Yeah, I'd be all over that. So, yeah, let me. We might have, that might have to be our September book. That's okay. 
I'm all right with that. Yeah. August is going to have to be J.K. Rowling and the new, the Cursed Child. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for that. Did you see? I just saw an article. I didn't actually read it, but I saw like the headline on Facebook, and um, fans are all upset that the actor who plays Draco now had in the new movie has a ponytail and a goatee because it's like 20 the, it's like 20 years later right it's yes the so, fan, it's, it's, people don't get it you get those extreme fanboys the same idiots who are mad about there being a black stormtrooper and the same idiots who are mad about um the black harmony give it up <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> well i mean they're gonna age obviously 20 years have gone by you're not gonna they're not gonna look exactly the same even well, I look exactly the same <laughs> well, clearly we don't age but everyone else does <laughs> um but even at the end of um the deathly hallows when it flashed forward to their kids first day mm-hmm. they already changed so i mean you know they're not kids anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a better view angle on you so you guys can see me better. Okay. How's that? Good. Okay. Well, another um, genre that I love to read is urban fiction. Or, I'm sorry, urban fantasy. I don't like the hardcore heavy fantasy. I like stuff that's more urban, like um, the Marcy Thompson series. I think Discovery of Witches might be considered more urban fantasy. So I Probably. think the definition, yeah, I think the definition is that it kind of takes place within our world at the same time. Oh, okay. So, like I think dystopian um, fantasy would be part of that as well. Like Hunger Games. I love a good dystopian. I just read a book about like a dystopian book and I can't remember what it was, which isn't helpful, Mm. but dystopian books are so good, but I, I don't understand our obsession with what would happen if our world as we knew it fell apart. Planning. That's true. You got to plan to be prepared because I'm totally prepared for the zombie apocalypse now. Well, I would be the first one to die in any of these situations, so there's really nothing for me to prepare for. I would be, like, rocking in a corner somewhere. <laughs> waiting. And then when it happens, I'd be like, all right, well, let's just let's just get this over with. I'll be like, you need a bookworm? <laughs> you need somebody to write two stories? How about a gardener? I can garden a little bit. Oh, I can I can. I'll chronicle the events as they unfold. I could knit an arrow holder for Daryl Dixon. I could do things for Daryl Dixon. (laughs) That could be my contribution. Yeah, I hope everybody is is over the age of 18. (laughs) (laughs) We keep talking like this, we're going to need to have some sort of prove prove your age. I meant change the oil on his motorcycle, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But anyway. I'm also... <laughs> I am also a sucker um, for the books that have to deal with immigration and culture clashes and family issues. I love those books. I don't know why, but I'm just a complete sucker for them. Now, I don't know if this was actually a book before it was a movie, but did you... Off-topic, kind of on-topic. Did you see the movie Brooklyn? It was a book. I have not seen the movie yet because I'm. I want to read the book, or at least listen to the audio book before I can actually read it. Okay, I'm glad it is a book because it, it seemed when I saw the preview, I was like, "Oh, I bet that's a really good book." If it's a book, mm-hmm. it's a book. Okay, I heard it was good. I heard it was a good book. My mother-in-law read it, and she really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll just add it to the list. I'll get there eventually. Yes. So, 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 any other favorite genres for you? Um. Well, I, I love. I, I'm actually. I have found a renewed fondness for thrillers. For a long time, I 
kind of like breezed past that section at the bookstore and never really gave it much thought. But uh, we read In a Dark, Dark Wood. That was a good one. A few months, or last summer, actually. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how much I love mysteries. Yes. So I don't, I don't necessarily like, you know, like Agatha Christie books. I don't like those kind of mysteries. But the thrillers that, like, kind of creep you out, but you're trying to figure it out before you get to the end of the book, those are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be one of my favorite genres. Yeah, um, I didn't think much of that that genre until we read that book, and then I was like, this is a really good book. So that's yeah. one of the great things about reading books with you is that you get me kicking and screaming out of my typical genre. Because if I'm left to my own devices, it would be historical fiction, nothing but historical fiction, so help me God. And then I have... <laughs> actually the oath that she takes before she writes a blog post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so this, um, it's good that you, you have to have a friend that pulls you out of your comfort zone. Yes. And gets you to read something else. And you encourage me to read historical fiction because I don't typically read it, mm-hmm. but... I have in the past, and I know we talked about this before, the Tudors with Philippa Gregory. I know it got old reading about... It did. Well, I read every single one of her books for a while, and after reading so many of her books for a while, and it's like, all right, old hat, okay. But it's still... It got me into historical fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the books that that suck you into either an author or a genre that you mm-hmm. normally wouldn't have read, but all of a sudden, you know, I have two new favorite authors, or not favorite, but two new authors that I'm very interested in reading more of. One of them is Leanne Moriarty, and she wrote uh, Big Little Lies mm. that is being made into a series on HBO. And uh, Diane Chamberlain, who wrote The Silent Sister, um, which is also, it, I mean, it's not a murder mystery because the murder isn't the focal point of the story, but it's still, it's still like a total just blows your head, has twists. I don't cry very often when I read books, mm-hmm. and I don't like gasp or yell at the book. I did all I, of that. I do that when I'm uh, when I'm getting when I'm really into an audio fiction. I do that, and I listen to audio fiction in my car on my way home from work. And I'm like, oh my god, she did not just do that. <laughs> it's only somebody like a knowing person in the theater. Oh, she. Oh no, she didn't. <laughs> well, I talk to movies, but I don't talk to books. But I do oh, talk, I, I talk to, to my uh, audio books. I I never have the chance to do audio books. I would like to, but. But I don't know if Lily and Landon would let me, you know, listen to a book that didn't circle around uh, Mickey Mouse. So <laughs> I'm not about to do that. You gotta pick and choose. Pick your battles. Right. <laughs> but I think those are all of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. Well, you're speaking about the um, authors that you're really interested in. What are some of your favorite authors? Favorite authors, James Patterson. Um, I just love him. I started reading him. I used to live in Switzerland when I was a kid. And there was one English bookstore in Zurich. And we lived down in Lugano, which is down south by Italy. So we would go to Zurich. It's a three-hour train ride north. And we would go to this English bookstore, and I don't know how much money I made my mom drop in that store every time we went there. <laughs> but um, eventually, I basically bought out the entire young adult section. So <laughs> I had to move on. And uh, the very first James Patterson book I bought was Kiss the Girls, which highly inappropriate for a 14-year-old to be reading. But I didn't know that at the time. Um, but that was when I was introduced to Alex Cross, who is, uh, a character and a detective in one of James Patterson's series and anything Alex Cross is just 
I have to read it. And I'm actually a few books behind. He's come out with some new Alex Cross books, and I haven't read them yet. But that's the story of how James Patterson and I met. <laughs> and um, Emily Giffen, I, she was the author of Something Borrowed. I just love her. Uh, I love her style of writing. Her um, She always writes in the first person. And her characters are so relatable. You can find something in every single one of her characters that speaks to you on some level. Mm-hmm. And her last book was uh, The One and Only. And the main character dated the quarterback to the Dallas Cowboys. And... Mm-hmm. My husband is a diehard Cowboys fan, so I was reading and going, oh, my God, babe, they're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, I mean, even, like, something little like that is just – it's like she's following my life. Not really, because nothing that happened in any of the other books happened to me. But just little things. And she's just an amazing author. And I'm going to a book signing by her on July 7th, and you cannot imagine the excitement Oh, I can. I totally can. Because I had that excitement when I went to the book signing for Neil Gaiman. So, yeah, so you know. Yeah, I totally know. I totally understand. Mine, obviously, Neil Gaiman. I love him and worship him. And Diana Galbadin is another great one. Um, I also am a fan of Patricia Briggs. She writes the best series, I think, urban fantasy series, um, the Mercy Thompson series and the Alpha and Omega series. They're a lot of fun and have some really kick-ass heroines. I'm also a John Steinbeck girl. Ray and the northern, that region of Northern California. And I love his style of writing. Um, I know people are like, kind of, he's passe. And some people consider him to be a shallow writer along the lines of Ernest Hemingway. But I just love him. I love him to bit uh, pieces. And then I also really like Kate Morton. She's a, she's a historical fiction writer, and I don't know, going through my Goodreads trying to decide on which, what my favorite authors were, I have not encountered a book of hers that I didn't like. I've enjoyed every single one of them. They've got this great little mystery to them, and it's a lot of the future meeting the past kind of Oh, story. I love those stories. Yeah. Yeah, uh, The Secret Garden would be a good one for you if you like those stories. It's about a girl after her um, her grandmother dies. She goes through her grandmother's things and finds out that her grandmother owns a cottage back in Cornwall in England. And she goes there and she discovers her grandmother's history in doing so. And it goes back and forth between the 1800s and present day. So it's really fascinating oh, nice. and really good. I'll have to put it on the list. Yes, put it on the list. I need like a year of nothing but reading. This is what I have vacations for. When I'm on vacation, I read a book a day. I've read almost three books in ten days. That's probably a personal best for me. Oh, that is great. We went to Costa Rica a couple years ago, and there was no television in our room. But we did have Wi-Fi, and I loaded up my Kindle with about three or four books, thinking that that would be enough for me to read, and it wasn't. It was nowhere near enough for me to read, and every day I was reading a book. Because, you know, I, I like to read myself to sleep, and I also like to, you know, sitting around, like in the morning before my husband would wake up, I was sitting out on our little patio reading and the days he would go, the days he would fish were the best. <laughs> so I would get up in the morning, I would sit at uh, the chair and ha- on the patio, and I would read. Then I'd get up, I'd go to breakfast, and I'd read. I'd grab a beer and go hang out in the hammock and read. I'd go from the hammock to lunch and read. <laughs> and then I would go to the pool. Yes, I would go to the pool and read. And then we went there during the rainy season. And... So when it came time for the rains to come, I'd go back up to my room, sit out at our patio, watch the rain, and read. It was wonderful. And my husband laughs at me because he thinks I'm the only person who likes to go places and read. 
Oh, no. No, when we were in the Dominican Republic last month, we Rich wanted to go mm-hmm. snorkeling. And I did go briefly. But mm-hmm. he went out a few day, a few times with another couple that we met. And he's like, are you sure you don't want to come? Like, I got my book. I'm good. You. <laughs> oh, that was one of the other important things for me when we picked up. We're going to Fiji this summer. And I wanted a nice patio. At first, I wanted a nice view. I'm hoping for a decent view because um, we're going to go with garden view because we can't afford the ocean view. And I was so hoping for a nice patio because I wanted to be able to sit and read. And I want to send my husband fishing at least one day so I can spend most of my day reading while he is fishing. Because really, folks, that's why I love my husband fishing. So I can spend all day every day. (laughs) I can have the day to myself to breathe. That sounds like such an awesome day. Yes. If only I could be paid to just read. So So, when we're not reading, we're usually drinking wine. Not what are some wine, of your favorite wines? I I know I'm drinking red tonight, but um, I actually really love Rieslings. Um, I don't like the super, super sweet ones, though. The ones that, like, give you dry mouth as soon as you drink it. Moscato, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like those. Those are too sweet for me. But I like the, like, really crispy ones that it tastes like like you're biting into an apple. Mm-hmm. Those like, reasons. You should try the cupcake. I think you like the cupcake. I don't think I've ever tried their Riesling. I know that I've definitely had their reds, but not not their whites. They have. A, I like their whites. I like all of their ones. They have really good wines. Uh, the Riesling is very much like that. It's very fruity, and it does feel like you're biting a whole piece of fruit. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. So you should try that. Yeah. Um, yeah. People laugh at me. Michelle and I are both Italian, and she can attest to this. People are like, oh, they, they come and they're like, oh, I like wines just like you. And I like this Moscato. And I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> I was weaned off of sweet wines by the time I was 10 years old. In Italian households, you get fed wine early. And, yeah, it's it's just a part of life. And you get fed the sweet wines early because that's what you learn to tolerate it with. And I was weaned off of that by the time I was 10. I never liked wine. I used to watch people drink wine and go, oh, my God, how can you drink that? It tastes disgusting. (laughs) And then maybe, like, seven, eight years ago, I had a glass. I was like, oh, my God, is this what I've been missing this whole time? (laughs) And and it's been true love ever since. I know. You see, with me, I had an uncle, my uncle Mario. Um, and I swear he did not look like he didn't look like the video game guy. (laughs) But he, um, he used to like to give the kids wine with our soda, and that was like a family thing. He'd go around and you know he'd pour the wine in my soda, and with my and when my mother wasn't looking, he'd pour more into it so that it was mostly wine and a little bit of soda. So naturally, I ended up with a sweet, uh, very sweet wine uh, by the time he was done. But, yeah, that's what I was raised on was that. That's a very Italian household. (laughs) Yes. Uncle Mario moved to the United States when he was a teenager. So very, very Italian. 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 Yes, we were Italian, Italian in my family. (sighs) I mean, we're Italian. But we're not that – like, we don't have the big family. We, I mean, we do, like, the mm-hmm. big extended family. But it's just me. So mm-hmm. we we were not wild and crazy unless we got together with all the cousins. Yeah, that was, like, for me, too, where I – back east, it was the large extended family. My parents divorced when I was young, so it was just my mother and I. And – it was, I'd go around my cousins and it was this huge extended family. And I have 28 first cousins on, from both sides of my family. So when I got together with them, it was this whole huge drawn out affair. Everybody was, 
loud and talking at the same time, and you had to be really loud to have your voice heard. And lots of this standard Italian food, and half talking in English, half talking in Italian, and it was usually the swear words that were in Italian <laughs> when they said them. <laughs> so that was the kind of home that I, Italian home that I grew up in. And then I came out here to California, and it's a smaller version of that. Mm -hmm. I've got some. I've got a brother and sister now, and some extended family up north a little bit, but nothing. Nothing like that big, this. that made us. <laughs> yeah. Well. So what, wines, so what wines do you like to drink specifically? Do you have a, besides the Rieslings, any other favorites? What's your favorite red? Favorite red. What is my favorite red? Um, I don't like Merlots. Mm. Um, they're too, too heavy for me. They make me tired. Mm -hmm. um, but I like. The Cabernet Sauvignon, and um, yeah, that just because of the way to say it. I love saying it, Cabernet Sauvignon. And it makes I, it sophisticated. <laughs> I like um, Pinot Noir, also. Mm. But not every. I don't. I'm a little, I'm more pickier with my red wines than I am with my whites because mm. the wrong glass of red wine and you. I mean, you won't be drunk, but you'll be exhausted. Mm-hmm. Given that my bedtime is usually like eight o'clock, anyway, I have to be very careful with my selection. <laughs> with white yeah. wine, I have for a my reds chance. besides the Cabernet Sauvignons, I like the Shirazes. Those are good. Ooh. They're like a blended wine. Yes, and I like the um, what is it? The pink um, rosés. Yes, the rosés. I like rosés, but I can't drink them. They give me a headache. That's unfortunate. I might actually have an allergy to the rosé. That's really depressing. It is. And I blame the rosé. It's not my fault. It's the rosé's fault. It is. It's not you. It's them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> and for white wines, for me, I'm a Chardonnay girl. Nice. Some of them are really good. But, again, I've, I don't know. Maybe I'm just picky in general. But, You're allowed to be with your wine. Thank you. Um, but actually, my favorite wine, and hands on probably the most enjoyable wine I've ever had, is this Argentinian white wine called New Age. And mm. it's a sparkling wine, but you drink it on the rocks with a twist of lime. And it's like the hmm. most delicious summer wine you'll ever have. You can drink it out by the pool, and it's so light and very refreshing, and it doesn't get heavy like wine can get. So hmm. that also makes it kind of dangerous because you don't realize Absolutely. that you're drinking <laughs> as much as you are. But it's so good, and it's like the perfect summer wine. So stock up. Hmm. Yep. Well, I believe that is everything that we were planning on covering for our first episode. I think so. Um, again, the book of the month is The Portable Veblen. It mm -hmm. is this, if you're looking mm -hmm. for it. Um, for this week, we'll do chapters one through seven. Um, yep. And I'll include our Twitter handles um, in the post. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to grab a copy and join us on Twitter as we go along, we would love to hear from you. And um, we'll now we're going to have a website or a blog that's going with this. This is actually going to be on the um, NU Herald's website, okay. um, but we'll have a link to Diana's blog, creating her story. If you would like to check that out, I know she always loves hearing from people. I um, do. I love my readers. And, um, and we would love to hear from you. If you want to talk about books or wine or. Really if you have anything. topic ideas for us, if you want to, you know, join in the conversation with us on Twitter, we would absolutely love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this yeah, is not any kind of conversation. We, we welcome the entire alphabet, so please join us. Yeah. 
And so um, we'll, be, we'll be having some our wines that we um, recommend on there, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll have. And, yes, and, and, and on some of our books as well. Right. I've been keeping a list of all the authors we've met or most of the authors that we've mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. But again, you can you can reach out to one of us, both of us, anything you want. So uh, I just yes. want to thank you, Diana, for joining me. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening slash watching slash reading. <laughs> And thank you for putting up with our um, initial post. Uh, every uh, first post is, ne is never going to be perfect. And I swear to God, as we go along, we will get better. Yes. And if we don't, drink more wine and it will sound a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone has a lovely evening. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Bye. Bye.